छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hello, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I'm Jennifer Lovely. I'm Rise Hall. <laughs> so, what have you seen recently? I don't even say hi. I'm just like, give me the, just give me the, give me the dirt, and I have to say, (laughs) I did watch a horror movie this week, and I cannot remember what it was. How awesome am I? Is there any uh, Rice's documentary corner? No. What happened was I went to this book (laughs) signing by this author who I love. We we need to bring that up. Yeah. So Grady Hendrix, who wrote, um, paperbacks from hell. And My Best Friend's Exorcism. Right. But, and the co-author of Paperbacks from Hell mm-hmm. was also with him, came and did a book signing for the new book, which is called We Sold Our Souls. And it's about a heavy metal band, and it's great. I've been ready And yet. so I, I went to. to the reading, and it was phenomenally good. Because it wasn't actually a reading from the book. It was kind of a history, like a 30-minute history of heavy metal music and how heavy metal music and the satanic panic tied in together i think that it's and how such an heavy interesting metal, time. heavy metal music and satanism all co- congealed into this one thing yeah i mean it's it's an interesting time in the us because it shaped so many things like politically and oh, yeah. and it just and he was talking about things like things that people don't realize today when they talk about the satanic panic and they're kind of joking People went to prison for years for doing things like teleporting into a child's room and abusing it. Yeah. Things, the claims that children were making in the McMartin case were just and they insane. Found out, they found out that so they, many of them were just, they, they yeah. were just created. Oh yeah, there were a lot of them created by hypnotists and psychologists who wanted to make money. So they would hypnotize the child and implant suggestions and yeah. say, did they... Did they take you into the basement? And the child is being very suggestible and under hypnotism would agree that they had. Yeah. And then would claim to have all these memories. And then the psychiatry industry would get the parents to have their child committed and medicated to get over their ritual abuse. And uh, families were destroyed. People went to prison. And I'm sure that in some cases, people rightfully went to prison because child abuse does happen. Yeah. But the vast majority of it was nonsense. Yeah. Just lies and balderdash. Yep. And so he talked about that, and then he talked about his new book, which I... is why I didn't read any movies... watch too many movies this week. Because you were reading. I was totally... At work and then rushing home to read this book. Um, <laughs> I liked it a lot. If you like heavy metal music or know much about heavy metal music, it's full of nice little Easter eggs for you. Uh-huh. If you don't, it's still a good horror story with an awesome female lead. Oh, I think that's reason right there to, to read it. Yeah. Um, 
I... So that's what I watched this week. I watched <laughs> Hereditary, but I don't think that was this week. Well, I, I'm going to talk about Hereditary, but a little bit later. Okay. So, um, uh, our, and I'm going to just toss out our, our theme for this week is, um, is creepy children. Where, or did you have a different way of putting that? Creepy kids good enough for you? Fine with me. All right. Because <laughs> don't we love a creepy child? Now, I when <laughs> I did this, I went into it with some pretty strict guidelines for myself. Okay. I just wanted to preface that really quick because I haven't talked about the stuff that I've watched yet. Oh, and okay. I actually have a bunch. Okay. Um, but I haven't... I have watched a couple of things, but what I have to be honest about is um, my wedding's coming up, which is a happy thing. Hey. But it has, yay! But it's been with uh, there's been a certain amount of stress. Oh yeah, you probably eat better. You don't need to tell me how to operate the tea strainer. I am a grown woman who drinks a gallon of tea every day. I'm just trying to be helpful. <laughs> That's why you're so stressed out. Stop being helpful. Just relax. Okay. So, but I am stressed out, and so I've been trying to find things that don't make me stressed out, and. Uh, I've been watching Parks and Rec for the very first time, which is really, really, really Oh, that's sweet. a fun series. I it know. Is. The characters are nice and enthusiastic, yeah. and some of them like their jobs. And yeah. And it's, yeah. Just, it's just a charming, charming show, and it's about, it is about the emotional bandwidth of what I can handle right now. Yeah. And the other thing I'm doing is reading a whole bunch of, like, just terrible were-creature urban romance horribleness, and I just don't, I'm not even sorry. I'm just you don't not have even to sorry. be sorry. You should it's, never. It is if really something. Terrible. If there should be no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I know it's just a pleasure, um, but I have seen a couple of movies. Um, I've seen Upgrade, which was oh, I've heard just a lot about that. A lot of fun. It's uh, directed by Lee Whannell, who has been uh, the writing partner wor- that worked with James Wan, um, and it is just a ton of fun. Uh, there was a whole bunch of all of the fight scenes are fought in this really or uh, shot in this really stylized way, and it, you can mm. tell it it isn't you know hemorrhaging money anywhere. It's definitely yeah. done on a lower budget, but it's just fantastic and fun, and we just really enjoyed it. I just watched Atomic Blonde. Speaking of stylized fight scenes, that was fun too. I could not. I have no idea what the plot of that oh, movie was. Cares. But I felt like Charlize it was Theron a series looking amazing. It was just a series of music videos of people fighting to songs I like, and I was like, "Okay, I'm enjoying that this." Was really I don't enough. care if I I don't need to know what James McAvoy's a villain or what. I don't care. <laughs> I like James McAvoy. He seems nice. Yes, except there, villain. Except there, villain. <laughs> but on the thing where he reads children's stories on the BBC and he Aww. reads them in his Scottish accent and talks about his wee granny. <laughs> Oh my god. It is pretty charming. It is the thing I did not know existed. It is pretty charming. (laughs) But Charlize Theron is just stunning and gory and I mean it's just it's the fights are not like oh it's gonna be a girl fight. I mean she's vicious. She is and I like how bruised up she is in that movie. Because it's because you can tell that she's yeah she did a lot of her own (laughs) stunts. Not all of them but a bunch. More than she probably should have. (laughs) Uh, the other thing I saw in the theater was I went to see The Predator, which was just as broy and Oh, and is that a silly. remake of Predator? No, it's it's it is kind of a next in the series of Predator. Oh, okay. And they you can completely tell that they are absolutely setting it up to start a new 
franchise. Oh, good lord. Guys, cut it out. Well, I don't know. I thought it was fun. And I am not one of those people that puts the original Predator up on this huge pedestal. Because the original pe- Predator is super broy and silly and fun. And it, yeah, it, is, it is exactly it what is it is. It is a movie designed for a male audience who who loved There's Rambo. so much homoeroticism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, and there was a lot of, you know, those, excuse me, uh, very silly one-liners. Yeah. And a lot of fun humor. There, <sighs> Jim brought it up more as we were leaving because my, I went in with really low expectations. And, uh-huh. and after watching it, I was like, that was a ton of fun. That was exactly... More the than, level of movie you need when you're stressed out. Well, yeah, and, and it was exactly what I was expecting from it. Uh, he pointed out after, because I just kind of wrote it off as I just don't care that much. There were some definite editing weirdnesses in it where things just disappeared or happened very quickly. Um, or characters were just gone and you were like, wait, I bet there was more there. Yeah. But, you know, there was apparently some issues. Um, and I'm just not going to go into them. Um, yeah. There's the director. It's a dumb, fun action movie. No, but the director cast a friend who has some sexual assault and I, th- I think may have been um, a pedophile. Um, and he just always throws him in all of his movies. And Who is it? Uh, do you remember the actor's name? I don't remember the, mm. the guy's name, but he always has him in his movies and basically was in a scene with, um, I'm trying to remember the woman's name, Mun, Olivia Munn had a scene with him. And she was like, the hell. I guess, I guess I'm talking about it. She was like, the <laughs> fuck, you didn't tell me this guy's history before casting him to be Ugh. in a movie with me. And I'm not okay with it. And basically everybody kind of put their foot down. And so in the last throws of the movie they're like cutting a whole bunch where, uh. where he was in it and so you know it's a little slipshod but the thing is it's not an epic it's not the kind <laughs> of movie where that really matters, matters that much there was just is some you know some plot lines that just kind of fall off but you know outside of that honestly i'm glad they cut them out because there's some stuff that you know you need to be forthright if you're mm-hmm. if you're bringing those you know an actor like that in and there's a whole bunch of stuff where I feel like people can serve time and move on with their lives. And pedophilia, uh, uh, um, every you know anybody who's sexually attracted to a child. So you're not a big fan of Jeepers Creepers. Then. I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> I hate that guy so much. And Powder is so creepy. Yeah. Once you know the guy just got out of jail well, for pedophilia. So when he what made is it. also Ugh, really hard gross. is is Jim. You suck, Victor Silva. Yeah. Um, Jim really, he hated the first Jeepers Creepers and loved the silliness of the second one and really begged me to watch it with him. And I was like, no, I really don't. This guy really pisses me off. And he's like, well, you know, I mean, he went to jail. And I'm like, I'm like, do you know what he did? And I filled him in and he's like, oh. Oh, yeah. And I've watched Clown House. Oh. Well, I didn't know. No, I know we didn't know. I watched it. This was years before I knew anything about the director, mm-hmm. maybe when it first came out. My first thought was, why is he sexualizing these 11-year-old boys yes. by having them have naked towel well, that's, fights? That is, that's a little weird, and it doesn't fit with a... Why is this happening? There, and then I found out that he was molesting one of the boys, yeah. and I'm like, oh, well, it all makes sense now. 
Yeah, and the, the big problem with Jeepers Creepers too is there's a whole bunch of teen boy beefcake that is very much being done, and you know it specifically because that is to his taste. And it's just, ugh. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, the other thing that we saw together is we watched Pie Wacket. Oh, that was a movie I saw. See, I'm remembering things. It's all coming back. <laughs> uh, Pie Wacket is really amazingly well done. I liked Pie Wacket. A lot I... of people were very angry at it that were at the that were screened it at the screening because they didn't like the ending. I thought the ending was fine. I personally didn't like the ending, but I don't feel that takes away from the quality of the rest of the film at all. It just wasn't to my taste how how it wrapped up. Um, and if you watch the trailer for the movie and it's, it's very much, you know, again, that satanic panic that, Mm -hmm. you know, hair metal, um, a a mother and daughter relationship going really horribly wrong. And if the peril and the drama of when you watch the trailer, if, if you're like, that sounds like my kind of bag, absolutely watch it. Oh yeah, it's very suspenseful. There are a lot of scenes where you wait for a jump scare because they build you up to it and then you don't get it. So you're just that so it's, that tension this, is never relieved and you just get tenser, <laughs> just and, tenser, tenser and tenser. It which is, I liked. I thought that was fun. I liked it yeah. more than if they'd had a jump scare. Yep. And and I am not uh downplaying the quality that I felt in the movie. I will say the ending annoyed me. But there are endings of some movies where I feel like it it lowers the quality of the movie as a whole, and I didn't feel like that was the case with Pie Wacket at all. Uh, the only other thing that I have seen is I took Tecla to see The House of the Clock and Its Walls, oh, which it? it is fantastic. It is more touching than I'd have ever thought Eli Roth capable of. Um, uh, Jack Black and uh, Kate Blanchett are mm-hmm. just amazing the 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 young Ooh, maybe boy I can see that tomorrow and it it's and it's pretty and it's it's just a really good story and i okay just absolutely adored it so um the only other thing i saw um on the lighter end and i'm just i've only seen one episode of it is tecla and i started um hilda which is a netflix original cartoon series uh and it's very much it's got a kind of simple uh uh, animation style um, but it's very the, the little girl's got a kind of a British accent but it's it almost feels very almost Norwegian very um, almost kind of troll hunter it's animated but they live in an area that's got little people it's got um, stone trolls and it's got other little um, more on the uh, folk story scale of monsters right more of a my neighbor totoro feel. yes absolutely that's yeah. a very that's a very good description of it um and uh i really you know, on the first episode i thought it was just absolutely wonderful and would wholeheartedly recommend it so if you like that sort of thing well what i have been watching this week if we're just i thought i was only allowed to talk about horror movies no i like hearing about it's all the that movies. time of year again where they have all the horrible horrible halloween baking shows <laughs> so you got your halloween wars uh and then there's the ha- great halloween bake-off i think it's called and there's there's more of them but they haven't started to air yet they come out later yeah and they're all awful and they all 
They're all awful. See, the, and the thing that I don't like about them, and this is the thing I don't like about a lot of reality shows, is that they they bring in people who are really good at their art, and then they tie their hands so that they can't do it well. Uh. They're like, oh, yeah, this is a famous pastry chef. Here, pastry chef, you have 45 minutes to make a huge, giant, beautiful creation. And like, you can't. Like, you can't do that. It's like... You know, on Face this Off, is, this is raw in the middle. What the hell? It's like, it's like if I'm watching something like Face Off, they are on a time limit, and it's a much shorter time limit than they would have at the studio. But they do give them enough time to do their best work, mm-hmm. and that's what I watch it for. I want to see people doing stuff they're good at and doing it well, so that I can say, "Oh man, I could never make a macaron that beautifully." <laughs> I couldn't. That's Even if it's a crappy one, I, I can't. We gotta it. watch the Great British Bake Off because oh, that, that, that one's amazing. Movies, there that shows wonderful. Yeah, and they're not evil. Except no, we're gonna. Paul um, Hollywood Verges, he's like. Oh, I have no problem with Paul Hollywood, he's, and he's I and I adore <laughs> Noel Fielding. I need to watch the new seasons. I haven't he's watched it yet. He's a sweetie. Yeah, I don't know how Tekla will feel because she really loved the two women. Sue so and, did I. Yeah, Sue and. Uh, they're getting their own show now. They're doing a detective show together. I saw that. So that will be awesome, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to start a discussion of creepy children. I'm going oh, to take a moment and go tuck in my creepy child. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> so when I was choosing a creepy children film, she's gone into the other room. She has no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> when I was trying to choose films about creepy children, I gave myself some pretty harsh ground rules. They had to be children, so no Rosemary's Baby, because that kid didn't do anything evil yet. He's just starting. Um, no It's Alive, because it's just a baby. I mean, it's an evil baby, but still a baby. So I'm saying that in order to be considered as a child in my f- guess in my selections, the child had to be at least able to walk. Toddlers count as children. Infants do not count as children. Um, most of the children in the films I selected are like between the ages of like I'd say they all, they're all they like eight, nine years old. That's when a child is at its most evil. <laughs> Yeah, I'd agree. Around nine, completely evil. <laughs> what? Why do I have to go to bed right now? Because it's nine o'clock. What, what, when did Rias even get here? She was very I got offended. Here at eight o'clock. <laughs> She's offended by how much time she spent uh, chatting with you, and then she got too little uh, reading time. time before it was time to. Now I hate myself for 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 preventing a child from getting a book reading education. (laughs) What's she reading? Oh, I don't know. She 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 doesn't like telling me because I get I get mad because she's not reading enough and Uh, I'm a horrible mom. (laughs) Yeah, she's allowed to have secrets. Yes, we've we've hit that point where I'm like, yes, you're allowed to not have to tell me everything. Yes. As long as she tells you the important things, it doesn't yeah. matter what she's reading. When Pretty I was a kid, much. I was allowed to read anything I wanted, which led to some awkward situations <laughs> because my parents' friends were all bikers, and so I read a lot of uh, articles in the Hustler magazine. <laughs> I read a lot of um, inappropriate, uh, inappropriate comics 
Oh yeah. My, my oh my god, my brother in law collected Zap comics and like Mr. Natural god, and wish, the Fabulous Furry Freak I wish, Brothers. I wish they were of of that ilk. And I've read my share of porn <laughs> comics. <laughs> there were lots of like murder army kind of like Ah like raping the women's and yeah. murdering the whoever's. We had a lot of like old magazines like Erie magazine which oh, was just terrifying my brother-in-law had a giant cult well he had a huge comic book collection yeah and it was like Erie and creepy magazine and i would just i love to read this so so what's your first uh, movie you're gonna throw out there um i'm gonna go in kind of a linear fashion and i think this movie's on your list too i'm gonna go with a movie called the bad seed from 1956 the Bad Seed it's is on your list so too. frightening. Rhoda is terrifying. Rhoda is probably, what, she's supposed to be eight? About eight or nine. She's played by an actress named Patty McCormick, who is still working and doing yeah. some, well, she's done some terrible stuff. But she seems super nice and well-adjusted. For a woman who, at the age of... She was 11 when she made the movie. She also starred in the Broadway show. Oh, I did not know that. It was adapted from... Well, there was, first it was a book, then it was a Broadway play, then it was a movie. And most of the cast of the play are also in the movie. Wonderful. So, I mean, the mom is a different actress, what but... What kind of blows my mind is when you look at um, ads, uh, ads for the movie, a lot of it is uh, things like... You know, a mother's. It it, it a all mother's a failing act. or a mother's, like yeah, everything that's happening with the daughter is somehow the mother's fault or how she's failed and her. It, it's not and because, because it turns out that the child is the descendant of a psycho killer who's been adopted by the family. Oh, my goodness! I forgot about that. I just I just remember watching it and being so utterly terrified because she's such a good girl she behaves so beautifully and her hair is always perfectly braided and she's completely well groomed and if you thwart her manners and if you thwart her in any way she will hurt you or kill you yeah and that is she's very (laughs) strong-willed very forthright and strong-willed you know Uh, originally billy wilder wanted to option the play for a movie but the studio would not let him because he refused to change the ending. In the ending of the play, Rhonda's mother commits suicide and Rhonda runs over into her father's arms and lives. And lives. After driving her mother to suicide. Yeah. Ooh. So. I mean, the director the, uh, was a pretty. Uh, Mervyn Leroy? Leroy? Oh, yeah, Mervyn Leroy. He directed Wizard of Oz. And, uh, he, yeah. Well, he and, was uh, a director on Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah, one of the many. Gypsy and a director and, on Gone with the Wind. And uh, Little Women <laughs> and a lot of, like, really. Yeah. He was a great director and he did a really good job with this movie. Um, there's a character played by an actress named Eileen Heckard. And Eileen Heckard is from the play. She plays Mrs. Daigle, the woman whose son is murdered. The yes, woman yes. whose son mysteriously dies yeah. at the at the picnic. And you find out that the son was murdered by Rhonda. And she has like two scenes in the movie. I remember. And she is she comes in and she is drunk and she is just overcome with grief. And she is so good in that role. It's, like, amazing. Everyone in the movie is really great. Um, 
Henry Jones, who a lot of people know from, like, westerns and stuff, is in it. He plays the character of Leroy. And Leroy is this guy who kind of is a house, uh, works in the house. And he starts teasing Rhonda about how she knows she murdered that boy. And he doesn't know that. He's just making up things to tease the kid because he thinks it's fun to tease children. And she murders him. She burns him to death. Which might be a little extreme, but dudes, watch it. (laughs) So that was my first movie. That's that's a good one. I mean, I was just... I'm kind of sad because I really wish I had given it a rewatch. Yeah, I didn't have time to rewatch it either. But I have watched it like a million and one times. Um, What I like about it is the way that it changes... That it challenges the 1950s idea of what the perfect family is. Because from the outside, they're the perfect family. Absolutely. The father has a job... I don't know what he does. He's like in advertising or something. The mother is a stay-at-home mother. And the their daughter, daughter is, is this perfect representation. This beautiful of... little Aryan child yeah. with these blue eyes and these perfectly groomed blonde pigtails. And from the surface, it would appear that they're completely normal. Except there's this thing about the daughter that yeah. even the mother doesn't know and refuses to admit until it's she is... Until it is basically thrown in her face, and there is no more denying it. Yeah. Um, I was, this was one of a movie that I had on on my list, and I wasn't positive I was going to bring it up, but uh, The Village of the Damned, um, the the Midwich Cuckoos story. Right. The original one or the John Carpenter remake? Uh, The original. Okay. The original. Though I don't, I don't hate the John Carpenter remake, but the original one is, is better. The original one is better. Um, and I think what is so hard about the Village of the Damned is that it's almost worse when there's a pack of them. Oh yeah. Um, and and the the children in Village of the Damned communicate telepathically, don't and, they? Yeah. Um, they kind of have a like little bit telepathic of that. It, it, it's things. almost this crow mentality of like where there's almost like a a a generalized knowledge amongst them mm-hmm. where they all like a hive it. mind of exactly sorts. yeah and i really think that just the beginning of that movie alone even before the kids are born the way that it happens is oh, just everyone the... in the town loses consciousness for and loses time and then isn't every fertile woman of mm-hmm. of a childbearing age becomes pregnant and they all have their babies on the same day day and they're all these platinum haired you know blue-eyed children um, who just aren't like any other child, and they're unfeeling and but very gifted. They're but gifted. very gifted, but just wrong. And there's just something about that with children mm-hmm. that they're off-putting don't... and weird, and they make you uncomfortable, but you can't put your finger on it. Yeah, because yeah. they're not childlike. I was one of those children. <laughs> I remember um, because I was never really around children. I was always around my parents' friends. And they were all, yeah, and they were all really flawed in lots and lots of ways. And I remember having like these really heartfelt, when I was Tekla's age, having these really heartfelt conversations with them about stuff that was going on in their lives, because I would just, 
because sure. I was really empathic of like being able to tell something was wrong. So I'd start talking to them, and I knew because I was wasn't ever around children. I was always around the general group. I saw what was going on and probably sensed things that other people didn't. Do you know your eyebrow is full of glitter? It's lovely, and it's making me smile. You may continue your story. My entire life is full of glitter. Did I tell you when I was at work, and I reached into the bottom of my, my work backpack, and I pulled something out in a handful of fuchsia glitter that I don't know how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> this, at least the glitter that is on my eyebrow, I, I know how that happened. Uh, but anyway, I'd be talking to them, and they would they would all of a sudden stop and look at me in horror. Because they're like, oh my god, you're I'm, a nine talk- year old. I'm talking to a child. How did I end up in this conversation? How did I end up here in this conversation See, with you? Yeah. I was the child that all of my parents' friends, who none of them had children, they didn't like children, but they all liked me. Yeah. And that was because I was the one that if you went to their house, I wasn't tearing around. You could hand me a book and sit me in a corner and I would be good for hours. Yeah. Until I ran out of book. <laughs> yeah. So what's your next... Uh, What's your next movie? Oh, is you, are you, was yours Village of the Damned? It was. Well, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there because, I mean, it's a good movie. Okay. And, and then fits. I'm going to go directly to a movie from 1976. It is a Spanish film, and it's probably something that most people haven't seen, but I've seen it, and it is super creepy. Okay. And it is called Who Could Kill a Child? See, I've heard so much about this, but... There's also a Spanish film called Who Can Murder a Duckling, which I think is a hilarious title. But who, <laughs> And hilarious I often title. get them confused. But Who Can Kill a Child <laughs> is a Spanish film directed by a guy named Narciso Ibanez Cerrador. And the plot is basically this. A pregnant woman and her husband are going to find this little Spanish island where they're going on vacation. It's kind of an isolated island. There's a village on it. And on the village, and there's like a couple of adults, but mostly children. And they only see a few adults, and those adults are, are acting weird and scared. Um, when did this... Oh, wait, this is How to Kill a 76, Child. yeah. Okay. It turns out that all of the children have gone feral and have killed all of the adults. Hmm. Um, the beginning of the film, this is probably should be a trigger warning has a montage of acts of war and that these that children have witnessed. And so the premise is kind of these children have seen so much violence in the world that they have become violent. More or less, as much as you're going to get in a cheesy exploitation film from, from Spain. Yeah. Um, anyway, it turns out that the children have killed all of the adults. The woman who is pregnant... Now, originally, you think maybe the kids are all just crazy, but at some point in the film, the woman who's pregnant, her unborn fetus becomes violent and kills her. From? Uh, just from being around these violent children. Her fetus? Like yeah. Okay. Like, like, she's pregnant, and the children are trying to kill them, and her child starts, kind of, even though it's not born, joins them, and... Huh. Yeah, it's messed up. Um... So the husband starts to run away, and he gets a gun. And as he's... There's a lot of stuff that goes on, because this is a crazy movie. But as he's running away, and the crowd of children are chasing him and trying to tear him apart, Mm -hmm. he turns and shoots one of them, Mm -hmm. just to save his own life. And a Coast Guard ship comes around the corner and sees him shooting a child, so they kill him. Oof! 
And the Coast Guard guy's like, who would kill a child? What? He must have been a madman. And their boat pulls in to the village. And the children kill all the guys on the Coast Guard boat. And they start heading for the city where they're going to teach other children how to play just like they do. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that when I was relatively young. I mean, it came out when I was probably what, 13, 14. Yeah. And I saw it, well, I guess when I was 17 or 18 somehow. Yeah. And it just, it really, it's very atmospheric and it really... The scenes that are scariest to me aren't the scenes where the children are chasing them. They're the scenes where they're walking through this town and realizing that there are no adults and the way they're talking to the adults and the adults are terrified. Huh. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy that film. It's pretty. It's an exploitation film from Spain, so it's got to be pretty sleazy. The opening scene, which is a montage of war footage, has kind of a gross faces of death feel to it. Yeah. So maybe skip over that part. Um, There's two movies that I haven't seen that I've, I've kind of wanted to, but the idea of it bothered me. Um, one was The Children. Have you ever seen that? The one where they're, there's an English couple with their two kids and they like get sick. They get something like Oh, yeah, flu. I've seen that. Would you say it's worth watching? And the other one that I've heard is really good is Here Comes the Devil. I have not seen Which Here is, Comes the Devil. I have seen The Children. I've, I remember it being kind of found footage-y. Okay. The Children I've heard was kind of good, but I've heard really, really good things about Here Comes the Devil. Um, and in that same vein. Is that a Korean film? No. Here Comes the Devil, I, I believe, was Spanish. Oh, yeah. I don't, I've don't. i never heard of it. So, um, It's another one of those where the, the children become violent. But I've, I've heard it's really, really good, but the idea of it upset me. I'm just going to see if you've seen them or not. <laughs> no, they get a weird virus. It, it's it's not bad. It's kind of cheesy. The children, not Here Comes the Devil. The children. Yeah. yeah, I have not seen it's Here kind Comes of cheesy. the Devil. Yeah. But it's not a terrible movie. See, now that you've brought up the glitter in my eyebrows, I keep randomly catching like a little <laughs> bit of sparkle in my the lens of my... That's uh, how it gets you. ...of my glasses. Um... Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up about? About uh, who can kill a child? Yeah. No, I think I pretty much covered it. Okay. Um, what I'm going to bring up is <laughs> is uh, the witch, and it's her. Those children were super good. Oh my God, Mercy and Jonas, her little brother and sister, who talked to Black Philip all the time and basically lied to their parents. About oh, the stuff. Children. I thought you meant the girl that turned into the witch. I was like, she oh, was no. awesome. She is wonderful. But no, her little brother and sister, who were twins, uh, Mercy and Jonas, are fucking horrible and spent all of their time talking to Black Philip. The You're the staring girl. at my eyebrow. I'm not <laughs> staring at your eyebrow. <laughs> you just you looked at me and you're like, hmm. <laughs> it is because it is so beautiful and glamorous. <laughs> It is the most glamorous eyebrow. It's very glamorous, and it's only one. We just we tried something out on one eyebrow. Um, but they are. They're just, they're vicious and horrible, and they, they, they do things, and they lie, and they basically set up uh, the poor sister, and, and are, are whispering, the, the fact that they're just there and whispering to Black Philip all the time, and, and it's just... Oh, and then um, I think, wasn't there a point in which 
they're praying over the two of them and the brother like starts seizuring. Oh yeah, maybe. And it just it just gets worse and creepier and they're just off putting and terrible. And and I think it's just it's that when it's like you can fathom an adult being a horrible person and cruel and and unthinking of of just terrible cruelties to another person but when you see children willing to do that it just seems so much more frightening because their potential their potential of what they're going to become as, as an adult it just i find that extra frightening so but that's i don't really have True. anything more to say on that than other than that i would totally be whispering to black philip all the time because he's so cute <laughs> I want to scratch him behind his ears. The thing that's funny about it is they had so much more in mind for Black Philip, but, but the apparently goat was just crazy the, and the mean. goat was terrible, <laughs> so they had to cut yeah. his scenes down to the bear. Well, he put one of the actors in the hospital. Oh my god! Like the guy that was playing the father, he actually butted him, him or butted him, butted so him hard. or gored him and you know, hospitalized him. Oh, like, popped some kind of an organ. My goodness. All right, so what do you got next? Um, I think I'm going to go with something. So, I've got a couple of things. Yes. Kill a Child was 1976. 1974, there was a movie that came out that was a total cheesy exploitation film. Who doesn't love that? Called The Devil Times Five. I've never heard of this movie. Really? No. Okay, well, here's what happens. (laughs) There's a ski lodge with a bunch of rich people in it, like you get. Yeah. Especially in the 70s. And a school bus with five children in it crashes in the snow near the ski lodge. And you find out that it is a school bus that is taking the children to the school for the dangerous and criminally insane. (laughs) Like you do. Yeah. I mean, they got to get there somehow. And so the kids... (laughs) end up crawling out of the wreckage of the school bus and going up to the ski lodge where the adults are like, oh my god, you've had a horrible accident, and take them in. And then the children go around murdering the adults one by one in interesting ways. Now, the only memorable thing about this film is that I, as maybe a 12-year-old girl, had a giant crush on Leif Garrett. Oh, yeah. He had that album out, and he was dreamy, and he had that long hair. I have a whole, I've got a scrapbook at my parents' house of just pictures of Leif Garrett. It's embarrassing. Is that Leif's song? Am I remembering the right song? I don't know. Probably. So, Leif Garrett plays one of the children in this film. But he's very small. Um, And the other star of this film is... A gentleman named Sorrel Brook. That name sounds really, really... Didn't, didn't... He played Boss Hog. Oh, yeah! On the Duke Hazard. And the children murder him, but he's like the only other big name actor in the film. Um, it's kind of dumb. It's like one of those horror films that's I... just about people getting killed. I enjoy it. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on, on Leaf Garrett because I was right. I did remember the right song for Leaf Garrett. <laughs> Good for you. And, and I know. And I sang it. Anyway, so I, I enjoy that film. It doesn't. It's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot you can talk about. It's not full of symbolism. Oh, it's full of evil, evil kids killing off rich old people. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> I just I, I love the fact that 
that you mentioned Cyril Brooks and I know who <laughs> You're he like, is. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> He's Sam Duke boys. Oh, he does. He does. All right, your turn. <laughs> You're up. So this, I'm, I, I guess I, I'm not breaking the rules that much, which it's, you know, it's, it's my podcast. I can break whatever no, rules. Okay. I, we don't have any rules. Cause this the is rules, anarchy. Because the rules don't matter and everybody wins. Welcome to Radio Anarchy. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I am bringing up from Twilight Zone and Twilight Zone the movie, um, It's a Good Life. Um, the, the little boy, okay. uh, Anthony Fremont. And I watched... I, I remember the scariest episode of the Twilight Zone. It is terrifying. It is terrifying. And I, I just recently, and even, so I probably haven't seen the Twilight episode, Twilight Zone episode, gosh, since I was probably a late teen. And I haven't rewatched Twilight Zone the movie in the longest time. I don't even remember the last time I watched it. Um, and it's one of those movies that I'm sure I, I know I own it and I'm sure I just ran across it and I'm like, well, you love this movie. Like you should buy that. And I rewatched, I didn't rewatch the entirety. I watched the opener of Twilight Zone, the movie, and I watched the, the, it's a good life portion. Um, but I rewatched. Do you who wrote that? Was it Charles Beaumont? I would, I don't even know. We can look it up. Okay. Uh, I, I remembered the original just being gutting and terrible and terrifying not terrible Mm -hmm. and the movie having a little less of a punch to it than the 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 television series Mm -hmm. episode has there are some slight differences in in the twilight zone episode he is just remorseless and and horrible and very much a monster and mm-hmm. the the this the episode starts and ends him him a monster mm-hmm. and he's terrible um and he's a total dictator and no one is safe and with the twilight zone the movie portion there is a slightly more terrifying I don't know. I think I don't think I've set this up. So for people who haven't seen this, it opens with the story of there is a monster in this little town and all the rest of the world has disappeared. And there is only this no, little yeah. town. Yes. No one, it, no one can leave this town. Well, and there's and he, a horrible they, monster in it. And it mentions that like the rest uh, of the, the yeah. U.S. doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and you just go to this house where there's this little boy. Um, and they're like, this is the monster. And it's this, of course, this it's adorable. Bill Mummy when he's a little kid. L- little kid. And he is the cutest child ever he's with adorable. his ch- freckles and his giant blue eyes. But you get right away. And the thing is, with the um, television series episode, there is so much horror that takes place off screen, even Mm-hmm. While they're like looking at him, it'll be something that's just in his hands as they're looking at his face, uh-huh. where he creates a little three-headed gopher, and then he tells it to be dead, and then he mm-hmm. talks about how he didn't like this other man, so he he goes, "That's why I had to burn him to death." Is and that it, the episode? Or that the... is the episode. I haven't seen that for a long time, but man, I love that. And he also, you know, while they're in the house, uh, you hear a dog barking in the distance. And you see the look of fear on his father's face because the little boy doesn't like dogs. Uh And he's like, well, there aren't very many. He goes, well, I don't like them. 
And then you just... Gonna wish it to the cornfield. Well, a lot of them... I mean, the thing is, is he talks about wishing them to the cornfield, but then he also has moments where he, like, just tortures them. He he turns one man into a um, jack-in-the-box with his head on the the, the Mm -hmm. jack-in-the-box head. Um, But he talks about setting people on fire, and his parents don't know where the in the cornfields is where he sends things but you know it's just they want it to go there because they don't want it to the horrible things to necessarily be with them anymore and right. they're even controlling their thoughts when they're around right because, because if you aren't happy if you don't smiling, think happy thoughts if you, you don't think, think happy thoughts, thoughts or you're not thinking about how much you love this little boy he's gonna kill you he will kill you and so everyone in town has to smile all the time. So you get the impression that they have a little more flexibility and freedom in their homes, that it, there might be a distance, because the the man, one of the neighbors, who they know they have to come over, and he wants them there when he wants mm-hmm. them to watch TV shows with them, they have to come. But, like, he, the wife of the neighbor whose birthday it is, they, they, he buys him a Perry Como record, but the little boy doesn't like singing. So he likes one of his friends to play the piano, but you can't sing any songs because he doesn't like singing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the difference in uh, the movie version, um, the small scene that's in that where they play this through is <sighs> there's this woman. You get the impression that the city is the city that's near the little boy's house is living on its own and not controlled by him mm-hmm. because he's at this diner. But uh, he seems to get hit by um, by this woman on in her... She's driving the car and hits him on his bike. Mm-hmm. And so he offers to give her a ride home. And as she's driving him up to his house, you see all of these abandoned cars where you get the impression that he doesn't have anybody from his family anymore. And all the people that are there at the house with him are people who he has lured into mm-hmm. the house to be his family or to just yeah take part of whatever it is he's doing there. And the only person that is left of his family is a sister who's sitting in her room with filled no with, mouth. with no mouth, which messed me up I as know. a teenager. That is there's... a beautiful reveal because you just see the back of her head. It's been done in a lot of movies since then, but it was first done in that Twilight Zone movie, and it is so good. So well, so well done. And she's in this room full of tiny little beds with stuffed animals, like, lined along the walls, um, just laying there as she's sitting at the end of the room watching television and it pan it like lifts up so that you can see the bottom of her mouth and it's gone Mm -hmm. and there's just something wrong about that when when people's bodies aren't as they should be that makes it so uncomfortable and scary um and i think richard matheson wrote that i it's either richard matheson or charles beaumont but it's i'm thinking richard matheson who was an amazing writer yeah he wrote the story that Omega Man is based on. Yeah. Um, he's written so much uh, Hell yeah. House. Hell House. He's, he's he was Everything. amazing. His son, Richard Christian Matheson, is also a very good horror writer. Yeah. So, uh, there, you know, there's slight differences. And, I mean, it's very interesting changes that they make from the episode to the movie portion. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the episode is very much just a slice of time in this hell. And that's scary for one reason, and the movie portion is scary for its own reason. And they're both really good. I'd recommend watching them. So uh, what else do you have to, to Um, watch? In keeping with your 80s theme, <laughs> I have Pet Cemetery. See, okay. I know I waffled on Pet Cemetery. 
I did too. And the reason is that <laughs> most of the other children in all of my other movies are doing evil of their own volition. Yeah. Which is kind of a thing that I thought that was important. Yeah. But then a lot of the movies I thought of which counted for that were like uh, Let the Right One In. Yeah. But I like that girl too much. Yeah. She doesn't seem evil to me. She's just doing what she has to do to survive. Yeah. Um, and then and, I was and I thinking about the brood. The brood is full of that woman's evil children, but none of them are have any lines or anything. They just stand around. None are around. in the forefront of the story enough. To right. They're not characters. They're no. things. They're the monsters. But there are things that are birthed of her hate mm -hmm. and aren't actual children. So I had a bunch of stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. The Omen, maybe. Yeah. But that's more of an antichrist situation. Well, and and then also it's more it's less about what he's doing, and it's more about and almost the waves of evil that he creates. Yeah. by being Damien, around. Damien doesn't seem to be causing much trouble. It's not his fault that the maid has decided to kill herself for him on his birthday. He didn't ask her to do that. It just happened. Yeah. When his mom falls off that balcony into that fishbowl, he was just riding his tricycle, man. Yeah, it just there just seems to be waves of evil that right. are in so, his wake versus because a lot of people were like, oh, you should talk about the omen, and then like I just don't think Damien is evil enough. I mean, he is the Antichrist, so he gets he's points kind of for like that. a black hole of evil where it's just kind of like sucked but he kind of radiates him, evil as opposed yeah. to purposefully Causing. being evil. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. Sorry, they're <laughs> spilling out, but I went with cemetery because actually I just really like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, it's like, you know, um, at the beginning of the movie, Gage is just this sweet little toddler boy running around. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the movie, it is terrifying he's and terrifying and... He's this terrifying robot because they didn't want to traumatize the kid actor, which I think is nice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they used a robot double. They used a little person... Um, all of the scenes where he's doing scary stuff, he was filmed alone and then edited in later. So yeah. that they're like, oh, just wave this around and give him a plastic scalpel or Wouldn't whatever. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I enjoy that. It was directed by a woman, which oh, is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Mary Lambert. Uh, before that, she had directed, I think, the Like a Prayer video, which is one of my favorite yeah. ever Madonna videos. Done, I can't remember. Has she done a lot of television? She's done a lot of television. She did a couple episodes of um, The Arrow for the WB. Mm -hmm. Yep, I think I, she's, she's still working. Other and things. Still, yeah, she's still working. So She seems nice. <laughs> seems to have forged a career for herself. And she did a really good job with that movie. Yeah. And I'd really yeah. wanted to watch. There's a documentary that's on, I believe, Amazon Prime. Oh, it's really good. It. Yeah, I've heard mm -hmm. really good things. And just, yeah. it, it just hasn't happened. But yet. for me, the horror in that movie isn't the zombie child coming back. It's the scene where the kid is chasing after the kite and gets run over by the truck. The semi, yeah. That, to me, is the scariest thing about that movie. Because... It's just a stupid accident. It's just a stupid accident that could really happen. Mm-hmm. And then the terrifying, yes, yeah, the peril. Yeah. yeah. That exists all And the time. then what the parents do because they love their child so much. There's another movie called Wakewood. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Where their child dies and they're told that they can 
bring her go back. to a certain place and the child will come back for three days. Yeah, but they but have after to three let days, go. they have to let her go and they can't. They decide they can't let her go and yeah. it does not go well for anyone. I actually go. really, really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it's going to be, I think I might show it in my folk horror class. Yeah. Because it does work really well. And it stars uh, Timothy Spall, who I really like. Yeah, so do I. So, I said Pet Cemetery, um, and I don't really have that many notes on it other than that. Yeah. It's a little kid, and he comes back from the dead, and instead of being a zombie, he kills some people. It reminds me a lot of the Ray Bradbury story, The Baby. I have, you know, I've never read any Ray Bradbury. I just never have. Oh, you should. It's... If you just read the first chapter of Dandelion Wine, it's the most Ray Bradbury thing Ray Bradbury has ever written, and you will get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, pick up a Ray Bradbury story. They're short. <laughs> Jillian and I will force will force some on you. Okay. Uh, lastly, I wanted to bring up. Um, I have I have kind of two that I'm going to throw out at the end that kind of pair okay, together. Well, I still have one I haven't touched yep. on, I think, um, haven't I? The one major movie that I am going to bring up is uh, The Innocence. Oh, which I love that movie. I just love that movie so much. It's such a beautiful gothic story. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, based on The Turn of the Screw, Screw by Henry James. Yep. And where there are two children in it, um, Flora and Miles, you... You know, and you really kind of set up to feel a little bit more sympathetic towards Flora, the little girl. Miles just makes you uncomfortable. And there's there's just moments throughout the film <laughs> where he either just isn't acting childlike or... Yeah, the kid that played Miles was amazing in that film. It was wonderful. a really good performance. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. Well, I mean, if I've you definitely watch, like, covered... The Innocence in other episodes. Well, when I was thinking about Miles' performance, I was thinking about one of my other films, which I love, but it's not a horror film, which is Night of the Hunter. Oh, yeah. And the little girl in that is terrible. Pearl. She's just the worst. She's a terrible actor, actress, and it would have been such a better movie if she had been better at acting. Yeah. But it's still one of the best movies ever. Yeah. But, Yeah. <laughs> So it's hard to get a good performance out of a child actor. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think it's a unique child that can yeah. embody yeah, um, someone else in that way. Yeah, and the kid from um, Nico Hughes, who played Gage in Pet Cemetery, is still working. I did not know He's that. doing, car he does some cartoon voice work. No, it's awesome. He uh, has directed a short film. But yeah, he's still acting. He's been in a few things over the last few years. Hopefully he wasn't scarred for life by uh, playing a <laughs> It seems unlikely. I can't imagine child. what he's going to... If he was... I, he had to have been around three Yeah, when that came out. Yeah, I he don't probably doesn't it. remember much of it. <laughs> oh, another thing about Pet Cemetery is they filmed it ten minutes from Stephen King's house, so he was on set every day. Yeah, because you can't pry him out of no his No pressure house. for the director, right? Well... <laughs> this is a script he that Stephen King wrote... You better do it based on his own story, and now he's leaning over your shoulder while you're trying to film it. No pressure. In his very tall, tree-like way, because he's huge. Yeah, because he's huge. <laughs> so what's your next movie? Uh, the final movie, speaking of how it's hard to get a good performance out of child actors sometimes, is called The Orphan. It's about a family uh. who adopt a nine-year-old girl 
and she turns out to be a little bit murderous. <laughs> Just a little tiny bit. It is um, There's such... a scene in it where she puts on lingerie and makeup and tries to seduce the adoptive the, father. The really, really drunk adopted father. That she, Yeah, she's gotten him very drunk. And his, the mother... Because the mother is dead. No, the mother's in the hospital. Oh, the mother's in the hospital because the, the child yeah. did something or the other to her. And she gets the adoptive father's totally drunk, and she puts on makeup and tries to seduce him, and it is uncomfortable. And the fact that he starts and creepy, and he kind of starts to respond, and and then then he's he's like, like, "Holy shit, what am I doing?" Yeah, he's like, "Oh wait, this is not an adult person. Get off of me! Get off of me!" And then it just careens from. And then once he throws her off of him, she goes crazy because she's he doesn't love her. And it's a really good movie about a killer child, but it has a twist ending where you find out that it's actually not a child. Yeah. But it's fantastic. You should watch it. But I'm still counting it as an evil child movie because most... Because when I watched it, I didn't know what the twist ending was, and I thought she was an evil child. The actress is amazing. Yeah. And there's just so much threat and peril and suspense as you're watching it because there are times... is Am I... Am I misremembering that movie where it has the the deaf younger daughter? Or is that yeah, a different movie? I don't remember. I haven't seen it for a long time. Um, it is directed by Juan Colesera, who we know from directing The Shallows, which is a surprisingly good killer shark movie. Yeah. Really I thought it was enjoyed a lot it. of fun. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Great performances by people who I thought were going to do good performances. Yeah, it's just a fantastic movie. Yeah. And then it's at the point where it's ludicrous. You're just like 100% in at that point, And then it's just fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought it was just a blast. Yeah, I liked it too. So that is all of my movies. Uh, my honorable mention movies I've already talked about. Uh, the Brood. The Omen and It's Alive, I disc- I took It's Alive out because I didn't feel like it was a child. I felt like it was an infant, and I didn't feel like it was murdering people on purpose. I felt like it just wanted, that's just what it does, because infants are terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only reason why they aren't, <laughs> aren't absolutely horrible is they're just incapable of it. Right. Age. They're incapable of doing harm. <laughs> If an infant had fangs and teeth and could crawl around, because they it want would destroy things, you. and there's yeah, they don't have the ability to reason, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, they all they have is want. Um, my honorable mentions. Um, I was just going to bring up Hereditary and the Babadook, um, and they're not so much creepy children for doing horrible things. Where, but the thing is, what's really hard for me is when you talk to people about the Babadook, they hate Samuel. They hate the really? child. Yes. Oh, I was and gonna... especially because a lot of horror fans aren't parents. They're like, "Oh, that fucking kid," rather well, like, than he... ignoring the fact that the mom is the yeah the, the mom is I... broken, I... utterly and completely broken. Yeah. I didn't hate that kid. I thought for a child whose father has just died, he was holding it together pretty well. And Actually, yeah, he didn't kids... just die. I mean, they were on their way to oh. the hospital for her to give birth to him, mm. and there was a car accident. What what I find but is his... hard about about Charlie and Hereditary and about Samuel and Babadook is that they don't act exactly like how you expect children to act. They're 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 both seem a little broken or a little off putting. Yeah, I liked Charlie. 
but I knew that bad things were going to happen when her mom said, you got to go to that party with your brother. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. That's just going to go terribly. Please don't make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just, I wanted to bring them up because they were both really strong children characters, characters. in a film where you're, and you're just, they're both outside of the norm enough. Mm-hmm. Um that you're just uncomfortable around them. And people don't expect or accept off-putting children very easily. Um, Yeah. And it just, it makes you uncomfortable. And uh, it was just done really well, and I wanted to definitely mention those. Yeah, I like the movie, there's a movie called Trick or Treat, which has, it's basically, it's like three vignettes that yeah, are kind of laced together. I love Trick or Treat. But it, it does have some some children in it. Um, the character of Sam, who's the yeah. little kid with the pumpkin head and the, yeah. and the burlap mask. I really like him. I adore, yeah, Sam Hain. Yeah. Um, but he's not a major plot character. He's more he's just of a, a device. He's a wind through. through yeah, the he's a device movie. that hold that brings the stories together. It's part of the framing element. I, I love the that's a fun movie. I love that movie. It's dumb and fun. Yep, and I, I love how it twists some of the tropes on its ears, especially the Little Red Riding Hood mm-hmm. group of frivolous girls. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I the first time <laughs> I saw that movie, the moment that that scene came along with the girls, I was like, oh my I god, was, they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Do that thing. Yeah, that was Murder them all. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Make the dying happen. You're like, okay. <laughs> so I think that's all we have to say that's about murder. But I think that was plenty. So, but I had a lot of fun. So talk to you guys in two weeks. All right. <laughs> Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don'treadthelatin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and thieves about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>